0: Just here, you spend a little time on Willie Nelson's tour bus. Yeah, Let's very little that. time. Uh, he came into town for a benefit concert, and I went to interview him for the radio station. Got a picture with him. Got to tell him a little personal story. It was it was a good experience. A little
1: smoky on there, huh? A little bit. Possibly. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh no, weed jokes. Yes, weed jokes from Aaron Rodgers on Jeopardy. If Chris Sims didn't already love Aaron Rodgers, he loves him even more now. Oh, you Aaron Rodgers. One day after going turd Ferguson makes a they smoke
1: pot on Willie Nelson's tour bus joke. How's he going to top that? How's he going to top that? He's, he's getting better, yes. though. I thought even the second show like was a little smoother than the first one, even though, I, you know, again, I thought the first show was pretty damn good for a guy that never hosted a show in his life. But, like, Mike, all seriousness. What? I know. Well, his hands are gigantic. Good. His hands are gigantic. If He is. He and. He and Brett Favre, oddly enough, and you know my hands are gigantic. Those are the only two people I've like sh- shook hands with in my life where I went, whoa, I can feel their fingers like on my wrist like down here as they shake my hand. Uh, they have such long fingers. But I was always disappointed I never got to, like, when I was in Austin, Texas, I got to meet Willie Nelson once, right? I went to college down there. I was always dying for an invitation to come on his tour bus or something. I was dying for that. Didn't he smoke pot on top of the White House, right? Isn't And I think that story was confirmed over the last year.
0: I think it's easier to list the places Willie Nelson hasn't smoked pot. I think that
1: would be <laughs> well, an easier probably. list
0: to compile. Probably.
1: Right? He's, he is my poster child of like, look, it's not that bad for you. He's 80-something. He's still going strong, so I'll always use him as that excuse. Yeah, but the problem is he's looked 80-something for 40 years. <laughs> that
0: is, that's the only downside. That is true. You're right. <laughs> you looked, live a long time, but you look like you've lived a long time for a long time. Yes, yeah, so I will agree with that.
1: Okay, you're right
0: about yeah. that. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. I remember when I first saw Willie Nelson, I must have been 14 or 15 years old, not in concert, but just on TV, and I thought, that guy's really old. Right. Right. And I would have never dreamed
1: he's going to be alive 40 years later. I, I hear you. I percent. mean, I, th- I thought Morgan Freeman was, you know, 70, 30 years ago, and he's still 70. I don't know. So I hear you. Some guys are like yeah. that. So, yeah, well done by Aaron Rodgers with the very slight reference
0: to the air quality, not smog, not pollution, although some would call it pollution. Good old greenery. smell. And, and what I said about Aaron Rodgers before the first – Jeopardy when he made it clear that he was studying Alex Trebek's ways so carefully as time goes by. Now, again, these don't play out in real time over two weeks. He did them over the course of two days, five a day. But I think as he gets more comfortable, we'll see him pivot more to being Aaron Rodgers himself, not playing the role of Alex Trebek, but morphing into himself. And I was talking to my wife about this yesterday, just the sheer force of personality that a great football player has. We were talking about Michael Strahan and how well he's done for himself and how he became everything that Tiki Barber wanted to be. And that's the irony because they had a little bit of a rivalry. And there was a point where Tiki Barber said something about Michael Strahan's contract and Strahan politely told him to shut the hell up. And Tiki had this this huge fanfare when he got to the media and he was going to be all these different things. And it was just a complete and total failure, all due respect, but it's true. It was Strahan became everything that Tiki Barber wanted to be, but Strahan called a shot from the get-go. Strahan wanted to be the replacement for Regis Philbin and he was, he was, I never thought he'd pull it off. So with Aaron Rodgers, I mean, you know, there's a lot of communications and things that happen behind the scenes and it may just be the, sheer force of personality hand size the intimidating handshake whatever it takes if he wants that gig number one he's got the chops for it but number two just the mere fact that he wants it may be enough for him to get it. it it makes him determined to do everything he has to do to get it in front of the camera, behind the camera, anywhere he is, he wants that job, he's going to get that job. Even if he's on Willie yeah. Nelson's
1: tour bus, he's going to do what he has to do to get that job. Right. No, no, you're right. I, I mean, I think you're thinking about the personalities is really, like, the, the real point, too, there. Because, you know, just again, I, I've been fortunate to meet a lot of different people in lots of different walks of life and different successful people growing up as Phil Simpson and doing that. But I, I will say, I mean, personality-wise, the only thing that can really... You know, and I, I mean, you know, that guy that walks in the room and yeah, maybe he might be loud, but there's a presence and he knows how to talk to people and be loud and, you know, make a joke and offend somebody, but not really offend them. And people laugh and make them still feel good. Like, you know, sports athletes, football players, of course, yes, the, the good ones are very charismatic that way. And, and and I thought really, you know, maybe entertainers, you know, music Music guys, uh, music superstars. Musicians, musicians right, the musicians, word I was looking yeah. for. Sports you know, athletes, musicians. Yes, yeah. right, right. Th- those usually, to me, are the are the ones that I have met through my time with the most unique personalities where you get around them or you meet them in person and you're just like, well, this guy, is he's fun. Holy cow, what a character. Uh, and, and you know, yeah, you're seeing that with Strahan and, and Rodgers a little bit. Give me one, just one,
0: the one that had the biggest impact on you that you met through your dad, Phil Sin. Oh, just man. Just one.
1: Gosh. Huh? Yeah, I, I mean, the, the first Stands one. Stands out above all others. I know. Well, I there's, I mean, gosh, growing up just Bill Parcells and seeing him a few times, that was a different type of personality, but I was just like, whoa, I was scared to death when he walked in the room, and I didn't even know him, but I was just like, oh, he looks tough and mean. Um, I mean Lawrence Taylor. I mean, how that personality will always stand up for me. I know you're saying one. Uh, Charles Barkley, I got to meet at a pretty young age. I mean, you know, you see him. I mean, he's just, uh, I, I was very fortunate that way. I know I'm saying more than one, but those are the three that, like, initially popped right into my head. Well, I said one because then you would only
0: go three. If I said three, you would have gone, ten. gone five. That was yeah. part of psychology. Right. I've you learned how me. to deal with you. Good job. I'm, I met Charles Barkley once when he was hosting Saturday Night Live back when we used to do the show in that same area before the Seth Meyers show supplanted the football night in America studio. We had one year where we actually did the show in the SNL area, right? Put all of our stuff in there after the Saturday Night Live show, and then tore it all down and got ready for the next SNL show. But I met Charles Barkley once, and obviously, you just don't realize how large these humans are yeah. until you're standing next right. to them. Now, I'm, I mean, you're you're large, so it wouldn't but have he's the same impact. Although you're probably small when you met him, but he's just large. He is. He's he very is. large.
1: I, I listen. Another and, one, and, of, and he was a really nice guy. He was a nice guy. He's a great guy, and he's a real sportsman. He he's like the type of guy that like listens to us and pays attention to us a little bit. I mean, he he kind of actually said that when I was out there in Tahoe two years ago. Um, the other one too, listen, just as far as pure personalities, I know he's not always the most loved guy in the world. Warren Sapp, uh, you, you say what you want. It was one of the craziest. I've never seen any human like him in the history of my life. Type of personalities. I mean, that 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 was a special thing. Now, you know, again, he didn't always. Gotta get him on the right day. Well, yes, right. Some people certainly saw the 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 lesser side of him or whatever. That was my. Don't first. ask him for his autograph during dinner. Have you ever? Have you? Have, I, I told this show on the. Pod- Are there any peas on my plate? I, I know he says that. So have I ever told you <laughs> the story about the first time I met Warren Sapp? Did I ever tell you that? Possibly, but go ahead and tell okay. me again. There's probably well, somebody listening. Real who hasn't quick, heard it. I told it on the pod yesterday because it became, it came out. But I'm at Tampa, right year after they won the Super <laughs> Bowl. We're going to the first OTAs, and I'm in Gruden's office, you know, because I'm the rookie quarterback, and he's making sure I'm okay with a few things and blah blah blah. He wanted to talk to me, and you know, he's hey man, make sure you get around that locker room and stick your hand out and. Go meet those veterans. All right. All right. Go ahead. See you, man. All right. So I walk out. I open the, you know, the old one buck place that was the crappiest locker room in the history of professional sports. I open the door, and Warren Sapp is like right at your 11 o'clock. That's where his locker is. You can't really avoid seeing him when you walk through that door. And I'm going, wow, damn. This is what I. Bucks defense, Warren Sapp, there he is. I'm going to stick my hand out to him. And I can't say exactly what he said. Uh, but he, I stuck my hand out, and he went, "Get the f out of my way! <laughs> Don't even think about talking to me until you play in a game." And I just, I was the most awkward moment of my professional career. He totally knocked the cool out of my walk. Yeah, <laughs> that that
0: that, uh, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, but and then uh, he took me under
1: his wing. You know, not not too long after that, and he was uh, he was really great to me. And then I really will. change. you had to, him. You, had to, you had to
0: keep his Copenhagen. Kind of had to keep the Copenhagen always available,
1: Right. right? I was, I was, I had to carry his bags to his room, you know, on away trips, all that. So yeah, it was, it was actually fun hazing. Pete throw a 20 on the ground for you every once in a while. I pick right? it up and put it in my pocket. I was like, what does he think? I'm like, you know, like ashamed to do that. I'll pick it up. I don't give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh,
0: well, we're 10 minutes into the show and we have talked about none of the things that we had intended to talk about. But good talk, that's though. what happens during the law between free agency and right. the draft. And Pete just told me that's okay. As if I would have stopped if Pete said, it's not okay, <laughs> Pete. We still would have kept going, talking about whatever we want to talk about. I do have immense respect for Pete and would have shut up if he had told me to. And as long as he believes that, then I am happy. All right, Uh, Josh Allen. Did the Kyle Brandt 10 Questions podcast, and there were several different news items that emerged from there. And one specifically relates to his contract and the possibility that at some point Josh Allen could be subject to the franchise tag, the same way a guy like Dak Prescott or Kirk Cousins was at the quarterback position. He made it clear separately he wants to be in Buffalo for a very long time. The connection between Josh Allen and Bills fans is extremely strong after what happened last year when his grandmother Patricia Allen died and all the money that poured in to the children's hospital in Buffalo. It was a great story, and I can't imagine him playing for any team other than the Bills. But, Chris, there's a business side to this. And Josh said he needs to do more research on it. I actually wrote an item about this right before the show – He doesn't need to do any research. He Just watch the show and we'll tell you how it works. It's bad for the player the first year. It's great for the player the second year. It's awesome for the player the third year because the first year – you assume the injury risk, you assume the ineffectiveness risk, that you're going to go Carson Wentz all of a sudden, and they're not going to want you the next year, and then no one else is going to want to give you big money. That's the risk you assume for that one-year payday. But it's right. a pretty good payday. Yes. Year two, year two, you've got them backed into a corner. You've got them over a barrel. You've got them under a barrel. You've got them in the barrel That's like Jack Prescott had with the Cowboys. Like you're so, That's like where Josh it becomes – yeah. if, if the team – Really wants the guy, right? If now for Washington, they were just content to say, "You're right. We'll pay Kirk Cousins one more year and then let him walk away." But if you really want the guy, you have all the leverage then because you can say, "I'll I'll go year to year for one more year, and next year I'll be a free agent because you're not going to give me a 44% raise over my second franchise tag." It becomes astronomical. It's it's cost prohibitive at that point. So bad for the player the first year great for the player the second year that's all you need to know Josh and the point is it never should get to that if the Bills know he's the guy yes once you know he's the guy that's the
1: lesson the Cowboys learned the hard way once you know he's the guy it's only going to get more expensive the longer you wait yeah well I mean to me the big thing is and listen I'm a little biased towards this this talk a little bit I don't like the franchise tag I mean of course not I mean yes and, and your points are all real I'm not trying to deny any of that uh quarterbacks can get away with it a little bit more than other positions out on the football field. You know, they don't have to take on as much risk because of the rules like we've always talked about, the way quarterbacks are protected this day and age. You know, that's why we don't even need three quarterbacks on a roster nearly as much anymore. It's because of that aspect. We don't see them dropping or getting hurt uh, quite the same way. So it is a little easier for the quarterback to survive that, especially a really good one. But, you know, for the other guys, again, it's just it, it's such a brutal sport. And you only got like a short period of time to really strike it rich and really take advantage of all your talents to, you know, accumulate wealth that could take care yes of your family for generations and do things like that. You know, and the big thing is, like I said, I mean, the average NFL career is three years. I mean, so you only have that that short period of time and and to me it's for the other positions that's scary and i wish they could find you know something for those guys you know we've talked about this a lot hey you're one of the best in the world at what you do but we're not going to give you any security yet you know we're going to give you a lump sum and make you prove it to us one more year and take tremendous risk hope you don't tear your acl or blow out your shoulder or do something like that and that's where i i hate it and of course i'm a guy that came from being high tendered and got really badly hurt and Never got a chance to really get back to the negotiating table quite the way I wanted to, at least. Yeah, it's
0: unfortunate, and players can hate it, agents can hate it, but it's never going away because the league negotiated for it back in 1993. And even if the league would put it on the table in CBA talks, I think what the league would want for it would be so much that the NFLPA would never agree to that ask from the league. And and, and again— we may not go through this issue because I think everybody signed either their franchise tender or a long-term contract I don't think there's anybody there there are guys out there who signed a one-year tender who can still do a long-term deal but they're not holding out they're not not under contract but the thing to remember if the franchise tag is used on a player the player has a lot of rights under the CBA we learned that with Le'Veon Bell there are a lot of things you can do you don't have to show up you can show up just before the start of the regular season and get your full pay you can sit out a full year and become a free agent The next year, although it didn't work out incredibly well for Le'Veon Bell over the long haul. Those are other devices available. Fans get mad and teams get mad. That was the one thing that upset me about the way the Steelers handled Le'Veon Bell. The things he was doing, given his rights under the CBA, because they activated the franchise tag. They were miffed at him. Hey, Steelers. You're the ones that lit this fuse. You're the ones that use the franchise tag. So it's good to see that players in recent years have been willing yes. to say, wait a minute, you're going to activate a device that keeps me off the market because right. that's ultimately what it is. Right. I'm going to do things under the CBA that I have in my power to apply uh, leverage to you. Yeah. So, for, for Josh Allen, bottom line is you should have a deal before it even gets to the point of the franchise I would tag. Think so. But you and I agree, for quarterbacks especially, because the injury risk is lower even for a guy like Josh Allen who moves around, yeah, you get tagged. You get tagged. You, you've, you've unlocked step one to potentially getting either a huge contract
1: or getting to pick your next team if you decide you want to move on. Yeah, that, that that's exactly right. That is. I mean, let, let me ask you this. Do you think there's any way this ever gets tweaked in some way, you know, again, too? Because there are teams, to your point, where – you know, there's these are players they want to keep at times. They they want to keep them. You know, they can't balance the checkbook, whatever else. The guy's asking for a lot of money. You know, so they franchise tag them just to kind of, you know, push the conversation down the road. But then, you know, like you always talk about, they get through that year healthy, and then now it's the second year of the franchise tag, and it, it became a way more expensive. Do you think there's ever a day in the age where they come up with like, kind of like the the NBA rule where it's like you're you're well, you're a superstar here, and you know instead of the franchise tag, I wish they could come up with some formula for a guy and be like, your your, your contract doesn't count dollar for dollar. It's it's eighty cents to the dollar. We've we've franchise tagged you that, which means if we gave you a hundred million dollar contract, it really only means it counts eighty million against the salary cap. You you know what I'm saying? Do you think we'll ever get right. to that type of type of thing?
0: Probably not because the salary cap is going to explode so much over the course of the next decade that teams, there won't be enough teams looking for relief from the way the salary cap is structured. This year has been an aberration because of the pandemic and you've got teams scrambling to get under the cap, but it really wasn't that many. There were still a lot of teams that had cap huge margins that they had money available to burn this year. I think as we get more and more cap dollars, it's going to be less and less imperative that that they find a way to make it all work. Teams will use that as a way to negotiate with one given player at one given time to get that player to take less. Right. But I think grand scheme of things, there's going to be so much money flowing into the marketplace and into the salary cap formulas for the teams in the coming years that it, it just won't be an issue. And unfortunately, the franchise tag, like I said, it's never going away and the best players pay the price, but there is a way to play the game. And especially at the quarterback position, if you have to do it, you can play the game and you can win. It's Her just wrong. Play the game. He won it one way. Yeah. Dak Prescott won it a different way. Yeah. But,
1: but, but the quarterbacks are two for two under the franchise tag over the past five years. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I mean, they definitely are. And, but, but it, it for me, it, it, again, it, it's wrong. It's wrong for for everybody else, especially every other position. The, the sport's just too brutal, brutal, physical. Everything about it. You're assuming all the risk, and like we said, a lot of like again, you're taking away the advantage of a guy's number one skill in life to be re- to really be able to capitalize off that. And I know life's not fair to everybody and everything like that. I get that, but. That's where I don't like it. And then of course, you know, there's the owners who are just gonna continue to make more and more money, and the league's gonna make more and more money and all of those type of things, and they're just gonna keep going and going and going and we know how great the NFL is. But yeah, I just uh, as a player that that franchise tag always bothered me. You almost gave us a Simsism. What did I say? I heard it.
0: What? You almost said brutal. You almost said brutal. <laughs> when you were saying brutal and physical, you started
1: to say brutal, and Look, you stopped yourself. It, it, I kind of like the way that sounds, though. It rolls off the tongue. Brutical. It's a brutal. Brutical it sport. actually does. It's a brutal sport. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Uh, it's been a brutal time for Justin Fields over the past week or so. His name's been in the news because of the whisper campaign that made its way onto the air last week, and the pushback by his Ohio State head coach Ryan Day. Pro Day 2 for Justin Fields is coming up next week because there can be no private workouts this year. We're seeing multiple throwing sessions, multiple pro days for some of the top prospects. Mac Jones did it, and now Justin Fields will do it. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch expected to attend Pro Day 2 for Justin Fields in Columbus, Ohio. Is he still in play, do you think, Chris? We've seen the betting markets change dramatically given the reality that Mac Jones seems to be the guy at number three. Do you think Fields is still possibly?
1: I don't- potentially the guy I, potentially, I, I like. I don't maybe, is, I don't I, maybe like that's where I'd go. Maybe I would think, like, m- you know, Mac Jones' name is written down somewhere in, in you know, in San Francisco's facility, at least in pencil at this point, like as being like pick number three. But Justin Fields is intriguing. I mean, how is he not? And I would think, how is he not intriguing to a guy like Kyle Shanahan? I mean, listen, I hear everybody out there. Everybody's talking about, man, what would Justin Fields look like with those awesome run plays and everything that's designed that Shanahan does, the most creative run game designer in, in football where you add Justin Fields to that, a guy that's 230 and runs 4-4 and has got spin moves and can break people's ankles. I mean, that's exciting. And I'm sure that's got Shanahan thinking a little bit. I don't doubt that one bit, you know. So uh, the, the, the thing that I think people got to remember here too, Shanahan's going to have a pretty good feel. For these quarterbacks, despite despite what the workout looks like, and of course he's going to go see Justin Fields so he could see it in person and do all that. But you know, John Beck, right, who's coaching Fields and Wilson, and I'm uh, missing another quarter, Trey Lance. He, he played for for Shanahan. There's a relationship there. I would bet you Shanahan has talked to Beck a number of times about these quarterbacks a little bit you know, to pick his brain and just see where they're at and all those things too. So he didn't get to go to the last one. It's good to go see this one. I still think it's Mac Jones, but he's going to make sure he really gets an up-and-close personal look at all these guys because they're all talented.
0: You know, there's someone I know who is a former assistant coach, and I don't want to go any farther than that, disclosing identities, who is convinced the Jets are taking fields at two. Don't know why. Don't know why. Only person that I've heard from who would whisper fields to the Jets at two, not Zach Wilson. But that that would be something if that happened, especially given what Joe Douglas said the other day. When asked about yeah. Steve Young's belief that Wilson is the guy, you right. can't create the impression it's going to be Wilson and then do the switcheroo because you're going to have a certain segment of the fan base that's Definitely. ready for Wilson. Definitely. And then and then you know how those Jets fans are. Wait a minute. We were ready for Zach Wilson. We already pre-ordered the Zach Wilson jerseys, and now it's going to be Justin Fields. So they, it would stun me if it happened, but if it would happen, let's just say it, okay, it would happen. yeah. Then you got Mac Jones and Zach Wilson at three available for the
1: forty nine. It's a no brainer. That's a no brainer. It's gonna go it's gonna go Zach Wilson. I. I it, it'll go Zach Wilson. I, I just you know, and listen, I don't expect any of that to happen. I don't think Justin Fields or Trey Lance are top five picks, as you've heard me say before, but uh I would think a guy like Shanahan would love would love Zach Wilson. I would. I mean, I you know, I've had enough conversations again about him and quarterbacks and all those things. And you heard the comments he made after you saw Josh Allen this year, you know. I know he's always viewed Aaron Rodgers as special and all that. And again, I I would think he sees Zach Wilson as similar to being one of those type of guys that can just create on his own and make unbelievable throws and do that. So yeah, I would think that would then push Mac Jones into I don't know where he'll end up going at that point and that would be interesting certainly but I would be shocked if that's the case I really would be and I'd be shocked if the 49ers is not Mac Jones at 3 after Zach Wilson the Jets at 2 and then it's it's going to be interesting after that because you know again I don't know where these last two quarterbacks are definitely going to fall after those top 3 picks
0: and again we're on this topic because Justin Fields is working out next Wednesday. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch expected to be there.
1: If Robert yeah.
0: Sala and Joe Douglas happen to be there in Columbus for Pro Day 2 for Justin Fields, that's when that talk will get stirred up. That are they? Just like we're saying, right. are Definitely. the 49ers considering Fields instead of Jones at 3? I think people would say, if Sala and Douglas show up, are they considering Fields instead of Wilson at two or they're just doing their their due diligence again they don't have to be coy we saw yesterday how relaxed Joe Douglas now is because he runs the board after Trevor Lawrence he doesn't have to play games he's not going to trade that pick I saw a report yesterday and I know that we're in the low point between free agency and the draft and every little thing that is otherwise obvious becomes news the Jets aren't getting many calls about number two well of course not of course not, especially now that they've traded Sam Darnold. They're not giving up pick number two at this point. They, they traded away a court- their starting yeah, they quarterback. A quarterback. They're not right. giving it up. right? Don't waste your time. Yes. So, yeah, it's news, but it, you, sometimes you don't need to be told that the sun came up this morning. You just
1: know that it did right. anyway. Right. Now, I, I, I hear you there. Now, now, to me, again, Mike, I know we've talked about this a little bit. The, the real interesting thing, and Nicole, if you could throw up that graphic of the uh, picks again, I mean – this is where the draft is awesome. Yeah, I'm expecting Lawrence Wilson, Mac Jones off the off the board, the top three. Then you get to four with the Falcons, right? That one's interesting. You know, everybody says they're going to go Trey Lance, or at least that thinking is out there in the NFL community, very strong. You know, I don't know if I'm behind the fact that I think they're definitely going to do that yet. But you look at them, and then. You know, I'm just asking you out of this. We know the Panthers aren't going quarterback anymore. Do you think the Lions, after just making that trade for Jared Goff, because I know some people think that like maybe they might be in on Justin Fields and all that. We'll see. Maybe they're at the pro day. But do you think the Lions would do that after making that trade and, and doing what they're doing right now?
0: I think they definitely would consider it, especially yeah. given the Ohio State connection Yeah, to Chris Spielman. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I think it would be difficult for Chris Spielman to say no to Justin Fields if he happens to be there at number seven. And, and look, the Jared Goff trade yeah. was in part a Brock Osweiler trade. You get two ones and a three- for matthew stafford and to take on the abomination that is the jared goff contract yes because the rams tucked it into the stafford trade and they could have gotten more the lions could have for stafford from another team but they got even more by taking on the goff contract they could justify using that pick on a quarterback who becomes the guy in 22 Or 23. Now, if he becomes a guy in 22, they're going to be paying Jared Goff a lot of money to not play. But nothing stops them from doing it. And if it is Justin Fields, how strong will that Ohio State connection pull Chris Spielman in the direction of Fields? And Spielman has a lot more juice in detroit than people realize he's got it now there are plenty of chefs in that kitchen right now yeah including rod wood a guy who said he wasn't going to be involved in football at all and based upon the things he's been saying publicly is damn involved in football right but spielman's going to have a lot of influence on how that goes down you mentioned the falcons chris mortensen reported earlier this week that terry Fontenot, the gm wants trey lance and that arthur smith the head coach yeah wants that's to stick what i've Matt heard. Ryan right, right for a couple more years Look, that's going to be an Arthur Blank call, folks, and we're getting closer and closer to the draft. One thing we have to remember, even the owners who don't act like they meddle have final approval ultimately, and who cares what the contracts say? If you want to remain employed over the long haul, and if you want to have a good relationship with the billionaire who owns your team, you make damn sure that that person is on board with who you're using a top 10 draft pick on. That's right. That's the way it works. So- what are they going to do? They're going to do whatever Arthur Blank wants to do. That's how that, that dispute is going to be resolved. They're not going to go hash it out over a bowl of chili at Panera. They're going to get it worked out by letting the owner make his preference known. And as I've said time and again, one of the privileges of being the owner is you never have to get your hands dirty by saying, go draft this guy. They have a subtlety. They have a nuance. They have a way of making what they want known. And when you have Rich McKay as the buffer, between fontenot and smith it's one conversation between blank and rich mckay and the next thing you know rich
1: mckay goes to see his two guys and he says i think this is what mr blank wants and that's the way it goes right he's the constantly there it's it's uh you know what's his what's his name on the godfather uh hayden tom hagan tom hagan right 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 right. which has been on tv the last few nights i've been watching little bits and pieces but um yeah, I, I, I hear you. I would think in that type of decision, yes, the owner is going to stick his nose in a little bit and quarterback's such a big position and the franchise and the direction it goes is so dictated by the quarterback right now in this era of football that, yeah, I would think a guy like Arthur Blank is going to get involved. But to me, it's the most intriguing part of the draft. You know, I am one that okay, you know, you, you hear Mortensen's report, right? I'm one that falls on more of the Arthur Smith line, like you got Matt Ryan. He's got two or three good years left. Still, he can play that offense. You know, similar to what Ryan Tannehill did in, in Tennessee, and and maybe even you know add a few more things into the drop back pass game. You know, and I don't like you know again. Trey Lance is a little bit of a project who hasn't played football. I'm just not a guy that's into like projects being drafted in the top five. That that's where I don't believe that. And they could use those resources for for other things to help their team at pick four. You know, so that that to me is the interesting thing. And then, you know, back to the Lions, too. You know, the Jared Goff thing, I mean, they restructured his contract, right? So that's one, too, where I'm just – I'm not buying it. I'm not buying the quarterback thing. And that's, to me, where the draft is going to get really interesting. If Lance doesn't go to four and Fields doesn't go to the Lions at seven, you know, where are they going to go? I think it's going to be the most fun part of the draft. And who makes the move and what happens after that, I don't know. But uh, I still think that's a big question. Even even
0: though the Lions restructured Goff's contract, I don't have the details in front of me, restructuring just means he's still getting his money. And they took he on is. an albatross of a contract. There are millions, millions, like $45 million fully guaranteed, most of which has no offset tied to it. So if you cut him, you don't get... Dollar for dollar credit for a lot of the stuff that he's due to make over the next two years. No, yeah, it really I got it was a horrible me. contract. Oh, it is. I, I, I got Go some
1: of it just in front of me, just to let you know. Like, if they cut him this year, of course, it would, and that's not going to happen, it'd be forty million dollars dead money. Next year, it's thirty point five as far as dead money is concerned. If they were to do it after the t- the twenty two twenty twenty two season, so. That's and, still, and there's a difference
0: between there's a difference between the cap charge you take yeah, I know and yours. money you still have to That's spend. Right, right. money you, 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 It's one thing to say, we got to find a way to take this cap hit. We've already spent the dollars. It's another thing to say, we still got to pay this guy to not be on the team. That's, That's part right. of the cap charge that we're taking. And I think with Goff, a big part of it is going to be money you still have to pay out to the guy. But, but if you take a project, I don't know. I, I think Lance may be more of a project than Justin Fields, but Regardless, so. if this is your answer for the next 15 years and you can bring him along slowly and you're in a division where they saw Aaron Rodgers sit the bench for three years and then become one of the best quarterbacks of all time, they could justify putting Justin Fields on the bench for a couple of years. And they got all those extra picks in future years that they can use to put pieces around oh, him if yeah. they choose yeah. to yeah. ultimately do it. Um, and it's funny with Matt Ryan. like, they, they, they He's got one or two good years left in him. He's not in his forties. I know. He's he's mid thirties. I know. He's yeah. I mean that's at least. He's that's like the I mean. Willie Nelson of football. He's been an old man for ten
1: years. He's still got plenty of football left in him. But he does. I mean, again, you know. I mean, right there towards still one of the ten best quarterbacks right on the edge, number eleven. I mean, number eleven. As we've talked about, I mean, yeah. I mean, he's he number is. 11. You could still you could still win. Lots of football games, and I still think Matt Ryan can take you to the promised land if he's got a team around him and it's done the right way. So, yeah, that's where yeah, that's where I don't agree with quarterback at four. I don't. You know, the Falcons do have some difference-making type players on their football team. And uh, if they could add a little depth, and, you know, like we've seen, they've been killed by injuries the last two years. They could be one of those teams that pops up this year and we go, whoa, here, the Falcons are back a little bit here. Let's go, baby
0: couple other real quick items, and again, yeah. this falls into the lull between free agency and the draft. The 49ers in Washington had some interest in Sam Darnold before free agency began. Well, I would like to think they did. Of course. I would right. like to think that as their process of exploring all options to find a long-term quarterback, you make a phone call or two just to see, right? You're thinking about signing Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay, what are our other options? Well, we could trade for Sam Darnold. Well, give Joe Douglas a call. And let's see what they're looking for. Yeah, right. Well, they had some interest. Just because you inquire, you're stupid not to inquire. Again, these reports that just confirm this is the way that the business works and anyone who pays attention should know it. They irritate me because it's not news. And people, oh, 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 Washington was interested in Sam Darnold. They made a phone call. They, made a fo- they probably made a phone call to Andy Dalton. You're going to make a phone call here. You're going to make a phone call there. They make phone call, phone call, phone call, phone call. They want to know all their options and what it's going to cost them before they pick
1: one. If you don't do that, you're not doing your job right, Chris. No. Well, no. you know, And again, the 49ers, I mean, there's common relationships there between the Jets and the 49ers. And I mean, we see the 49ers are obviously, you know, to a degree looking to the future and and replacing Jimmy Garoppolo. And, I, I, again, I think a lot of people, you know, you evaluate Sam Darnold, it's not perfect, but I think a lot of people are going to come away with it and go, man, there's a lot to like. He's he's a good player. You know, we, we just got to support him a little bit. He can make it happen. Uh, you know, there's still there's a reason he was a, a top five pick and all of that. There There is talent there. So, yeah, it's not shocking, and it makes sense. And he's got a lot of attributes to be a, a franchise quarterback, not a superstar, but a franchise quarterback. And there is a difference there. But, yeah, I'm not surprised to hear those reports at all.
0: Also, multiple teams reportedly interested in Panthers quarterback Teddy Bridgewater if he takes a pay cut. That was our reaction immediately to the news that Sam Darnold is in Carolina. You have $10 million fully guaranteed for Bridgewater, $17 million salary. I think something in the neighborhood of 12 is the magic number. He could go to Denver and compete with Drew Locke. He could go to San Francisco and be a much cheaper alternative yeah. to Jimmy Garoppolo, right. and also avoid the possibility of a, wait for it, schism in the locker room between the pro-Garoppolo crowd and the pro-Mac Jones or whoever comes in at number 3 right. crowd, which I'm sure Kyle Shanahan doesn't want. There are plenty of places where if you could get Teddy Bridgewater for 12, or thereabouts, you'd be willing to do it. And, you know, the Panthers may have to pay some of the 10. There could be a little Ryan Tannehill factor in all this. Yeah, the salary's 12, but a certain amount of it's going to be paid by the Panthers because there's $10 million fully guaranteed that they're going to have to eat if they can't unload this guy. Don't be surprised if at the end of the day the Panthers are writing a check in part to get Teddy Bridgewater off their roster.
1: Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I hear that. I mean, of course, I would think Teddy Bridgewater is going to have to lower his price if he wants to go to a, a you know another team and, and be in a situation where he wants to be in. Denver makes the most sense. I mean, there's there's no doubt about that. You know that seems to be just the things you hear about the Broncos. Seems to make the most sense as far as what they would want to. You know, again, just a, a guy that's there. That's you know, hey, Drew, you, you can't you can't slip up. You can't. This, this, every practice, you know, every practice has got to be pretty perfect. This is quarterback in the NFL. You know, that's that's you know, that's what happens with young quarterbacks or young players in the NFL in general. They're just not used to the every play. I got to be on it. What do you mean? I can't ever mess up a play in a game or anything. No, you can't. That, that can ruin the game. Sorry, this is not college anymore. And yeah, that that would be perfect from that aspect. And if he did, of course, start and melt down, Teddy could come in and and write the ship a little bit and, and play the right way to, uh, you know, at least manage games and do all that.
0: We need odds for the next Bridgewater destination because I would say Broncos are the favorite. Yeah, I'd say the 49ers are on the board as well. I got you. I would I would put the Seahawks. I would put the Seahawks in play. I hear you. Given we the lingering yesterday. possibility right, right. of Russell Wilson, and I'd put the Buccaneers on there because if all else fails and the Panthers can't find a good destination and he won't take a pay cut, see if 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 he knows that Tampa Bay is holding the number two spot for him. He doesn't have to take any pay cut. He just says, no, no. You want to be traded there? You got to take a pay cut. No, no, no. I'll take my 10 million and I'll go to Tampa Bay and I'll, I'll try to set myself up to be the successor to Tom Brady. And I don't think that can, that possibility can be ignored. Chris.
1: No, I I mean, I, I hear you there. I, I do. You know, Tampa's another team. that's interesting as far as drafting a quarterback. I know there's been that talk out there, you know, maybe they'll try to find the replacement, the future guy, all of that. Um, they do have Blaine. I mean, Blaine Gabbard, I believe, is he still under contract there as the backup quarterback? I'm not sure. I know he's not, like, you know, hasn't played a lot and a guy you're going to depend on. I just, I'm just i just thinking of the situation in general. Uh, but that makes I sense. I think he may be a free agent. I think he's, I a, think free he's a free agent. But I know I after that, so, I, know. I, I think you hit all the teams that that make sense to me after that. I, I can't see any others right now where I look at and go – um yeah this maybe this one too i, I think we've we've kind of hit them all blaine gabbard is an unrestricted free agent what he a, had a a contract that ran
0: through 2020 right now he's a free agent got gotcha. you so uh and may continue to be a free agent but at least so I mean, he has a, a super bowl ring and many other great quarterbacks who are in the hall of fame do not which is just uh one of the sad realities of the nfl plenty of guys out there who contributed very little to a super bowl effort still have a Super Bowl ring that's probably the only way I would ever get one in any way shape or form is to be at some low-level job with a team right place right time and I got I, re, I want one way or another I'm gonna have a Super Bowl ring before I die even if I have to buy it off at eBay even if it's a cheap knockoff right even if even if it is hotter than the surface of the sun I'm gonna find one some way somehow I Let's hear you it's me. a goal of mine uh, I mean it was
1: a goal of mine I don't know if it's uh is well, prevalent anymore Aren't you getting one of Phil's? Well, Aren't you getting I, the I, one from yes. Super Bowl twenty five? The I, one he I, didn't earn. You're you're you're, you're right. No, I, <laughs> I would hope that goes to my younger brother. I should get the one, the first one, Super Bowl twenty one. That's the one I should get. I was there for it. You know, my brother and sister were you know, my sister was two years old, my brother wasn't even born yet, but um, I do have his Super Bowl MVP watch. He's already given me that, which is a very special thing. I wear it on our Sunday night show from time to time. That, that,
0: that's his way of telling you you ain't getting one of the rings. Well, you got three kids. Maybe not. It's in you the got fi- the Super Bowl MVP watch, and your brother's getting 20, uh, 21, and your sister's getting 25. It's all
1: in the family, so don't worry. And I, my brother got some – he got a few other things too, so don't worry. Don't feel too sorry for him. He's okay. All right. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and take a
0: break. There, there were some developments yesterday as it relates to Deshaun Watson. Uh, we'll get you up to speed on that and plenty more when PFT Live continues right after this. Quaker has been a trusted name in breakfast for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, and the ballpoint pen. And while a lot of things have changed since then, some things have stayed the same, like the great taste and quality of Quaker Oats. Quaker has something for everyone, like old-fashioned and quick oats, great for cooking and baking, or instant oatmeal in different flavors and varieties, whether it's lower sugar or added protein or fiber. Quaker Oats can satisfy the whole family. There's even quaker fruit fusion with real fruit pieces added vitamins and no artificial colors for a bold start to a bold morning quaker getting up to some good since 1877 look for quaker oats in your local grocery store around any corner within every battle and with the dawn of each new day the threat of the unexpected the unpredictable and the unrelenting lies in wait
1: Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.
0: Tuesday's press conference had featured Ashley Solis telling her story publicly had an impact on many people. Specifically, It had an impact on Deshaun Watson's sponsors. Nike suspended its relationship with Deshaun Watson. That broke yesterday morning. Jabari Young of CNBC had the news there. Beats by Dre didn't suspend its relationship with Deshaun Watson. It flat out ended it. And there are a couple of other regional sponsors, Reliant Energy, which has the naming rights to the Texan Stadium, and HEB, which is a Houston business. Those relationships are over. But I believe the way the Watson camp would explain it is those relationships were ending anyway because he was going to play for another team. They expired after the 2020 season. They weren't going to be renewed anyway, but they clearly won't be now. Uh, So those aren't as impactful. I think Watson's people would say he only lost one sponsor, Beats by Dre. Nike pressed pause. These other ones weren't going to be sponsors in the future anyway. But regardless... What happened Tuesday spurred action Wednesday by people who paid Deshaun Watson
1: money to be associated with his name. That part of it can't be overlooked, Chris. No, I mean, I think this is the tip of the iceberg. I really do. I mean, I I, I just, again, from what we saw on Tuesday, I'm expecting that we're just going to continue to get more and more news. I would think that As this goes on, we might get more and more women to come forward as far as publicly putting themselves out there, like we saw Ashley Solis do. And uh, I would think ultimately it leads to Nike, you know, going beyond suspending it and ending their relationship with Watson too. I mean, I I don't, I don't, I'm actually surprised they didn't end it. There's there's nothing positive surrounding, and I know we got to let it all, you know, due process, let it all play out, and all that. But man, it's a bad look. And again. Right, you know forget the sponsors I'm in the camp right now as I said yesterday is is the guy going to play football again that's where I'm right. I'm getting to and and that's where I'm you know uh, I think that's what he's got to be worried about more than anything I had plenty of time to think yesterday two-hour drive up to Pittsburgh for the procedures that I
0: had we'll talk more about that coming up because I want to have a little PSA for anyone butt, out Jobu. there on the fence Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, but uh, I had plenty of time to think yesterday in the car, waiting to have the procedure done, uh, d- the drive home where I was just kind of half in of it and half out of it. My wife drove me up or drove me back. But um, I, I believe a couple of things. Okay. Related to John Watson. Yeah. The last post that I, that I published yesterday before I left for Pittsburgh for the procedures was that uh, the NFL needs to put Deshaun Watson on the commissioner exempt list. Now it's not enough to just issue a statement saying we're deeply disturbed. You need to do something now, even though it's the off season. I I believe that Deshaun Watson, despite everything that we had believed before this all happened, that he was never going to show up in Houston again. I think if he's not put on the commissioner exempt list before the starting train start of training camp, I believe he's going to show up. I believe that eventually his camp will realize. That if this isn't resolved and uh, he's got two choices, show up and wait for the commissioner's exemplist and get paid for 2021, or don't show up and have to pay fines and forfeit bonus and forfeit salary potentially. Either way, you're not playing. So if this is still hovering in late July, despite everything we heard in January and February, I believe he's going to show up. I believe he has to show it's up. It's the right play, because yeah, the way you explain it. It's the right it. play. Right. You got $10 million
1: that you're going to earn versus
0: more than $20 million that you would lose yeah. by sitting out the whole season. Yeah,
1: no, that, I mean, Mike, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, yes, that would seem to be the, the proper way to go. You're in trouble either way. I mean, we know that, but you might as well get paid for it if you're, if you're going to take advantage of that. You know, and, and yes, I mean, as you've said many a times, it just doesn't seem like, this is not gonna. This is not gonna go away at this point. This has got a lot of time left. We're gonna be dealing and talking about this sporadically for probably the next seven, eight months. Um, so th- that that makes a lot of sense, uh, and I could see that happening. And then then the NFL, of course, will be forced, and the Texans will talk to the NFL, and he will be put on the exemption list. Well,
0: and and the Texans have to pay him if he's on the exemption list. Right. Their only way out of paying him is to cut him which they won't want to do because eventually this will be resolved and they will want to get something for him in trade. But they will have ultimately paid him $10 million this year, and his salary in 2022 is $33 million if this happens to linger for two years. And look, it's, is it going to linger? For a while, I think it will. And I think one of the realities, this is something else I believe. I believe that Tony Busby, who represents the 22 women who have sued Deshaun Watson, will be very slippery, And evasive and elusive when it comes to trying to put a settlement value on these cases now because he's smart enough to realize there's an imperative now to try to get these cases settled. Definitely. Deshaun Watson wants to clear this away so he can get a trade done before the draft. And my guess, here's my guess. This is just a guess. My guess is that Busby will hold them at arm's length, be coy, be unpredictable, uh, you know, oh, oh, let's try to work something out now. Nah, I really don't want to. Well, maybe I do. Maybe I don't. And then he's going to swoop in right around draft time with an offer that is pretty much take it or leave it. This is how you make this all go away now. And it opens the door for a potential trade. And if you don't do it, we're going to go forward with these lawsuits. I think something like that is three or four weeks away. I think that's how we would play it because it's got, look, what you ultimately do. And I know it, it's kind of a crass way to think about how justice is dispensed, but at the end of the day, you're just transacting business. And in the interest of your clients, Chris, you want to get as much justice in the form of cash as you can. This is the time to squeeze him. Not right now, but in about three weeks, as the draft approaches, that's the time to squeeze and get maximum Makes sense. compensation well, for your clients.
1: Just let me so. ask you this. I know we got to go to break, but real quick, like, okay, say that happens, right? And he does settle right before the draft. Do you, like, really think somebody's still going to try to trade for him right now? Like, and. I th- do you think, I think the Texans I think are really going to want him on his roster if, he, you know, again, he does settle, and there he shows up once again?
0: I think if it all gets cleared away somehow before the draft, somehow, some way, if it all settles, and part of the settlement is that there's going to be no criminal charges and everybody walks away and they're not even going to cooperate with the NFL, which is a permissible settlement term, if the individuals involved are willing to agree to that because the NFL can't force them to talk, Yeah, I think there's a chance. Knowing that he likely gets suspended – to start the season pete keeps telling us we got to go to break hey pete we can hear you we heard you the first seven times let's take a break more pft live right after this. what a
1: jerk what do eight bags of concrete mix a cooler full of 30 pound sea bass and a 10 inch compound miter saw have in common